welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today I am literally going to teach you how I live a tailored lifestyle, more specifically how I've created this tailored life of mine. Today's episode is an interview I did for one of my best friends, Cody Smith. He actually just started a new podcast called Just Show Up which really is about exactly how the title breaks it down. Just show up every single day. How can you show up as the best individual uh, in your own life and grow? And it's very similar to the whole concept of living a tailored life, which is why he interviewed me and he called the episode Living the Tailored Lifestyle with Cody McBroom. It's a two-part episode, but you were gonna get both parts in this specific episode. So it's about an hour and a half long. Um, And I'm very excited about this one and I really wanted to get it on here because I think it truly... It creates a picture of what I do for a living. It creates the picture of how I've created the life I live and really what the tailored life is all about. And I don't often talk about entrepreneurship and success and how I've designed my life around balancing it all and so on and so forth. But it is a topic I'm passionate about. It is something I am highly, highly focused on and very, very uh, passionate about in the sense of I'm always trying to grow every single area of my life, I'm constantly looking at how can I develop it more? How can I be a better man as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a coach, as a business owner, as a multiple business entrepreneur, as a fitness athlete trainee, quote unquote, as a dieter, as everything really. And um, this podcast really kind of gets into the, it gets into my head of of how my brain operates to be able to do that. And it's even cooler because this person knows me so damn well. Cody actually hired me about four years ago to be his mentor and grow his business and create balance in his life because he is also a father and a husband and the business owner of multiple businesses. And he is also somebody who is constantly seeking for growth. Um, And there came a time in our coaching career, I guess you could say, coaching relationship, that's a better word for it, there came a time in our coaching relationship uh, where I basically just told him, man, I can't charge you anymore because I'm learning from you. And uh, I think it would be dope if we were just friends, <laughs> as weird as it sounds. And so we really just started kicking it. He's helped me uh, in many areas of my life. I've helped him in many areas of his life formally as he hired me and now more as a colleague or a friend. Uh, so this is somebody that is uh, somebody very close in my life. They know me better than most people. And it was really cool to have him interview me at my headquarters about how I created the tailored life that I live. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. And I highly recommend you go subscribe to his new podcast. This is the first episode on his podcast. His podcast is called Just Show Up, which is, again, literally the best way of describing the podcast and what it's about. It's about just showing up as the best version of yourself that you possibly can in every area of your life, every single fucking day. And I think that really is how you create your own tailored life. It's about showing up as the best version of yourself everywhere so that you can develop your life, uh, the life that you want to create and design. So I'm excited about this episode. Go subscribe to his. His information, his Instagram, his podcast, all that shit will be in the description of this episode. Um, and make sure, as always, you uh, you share this with a friend. If they could benefit from this and if they need help living a tailored lifestyle, make sure you share it. If you are living a tailored lifestyle, and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. If you haven't left a rating review or subscribe to this podcast, please do so now. And once again, subscribe to Cody's Just Show Up as well. All right. Without any further ado, let's get into living the tailored lifestyle with myself on the podcast, Just Show Up. Cody, man, welcome to the Just Show Up podcast. 
fun fact, you have been the first interview on every single podcast that I've ever done. So it only seemed appropriate for this to be the exact same way. Um, I'm out here at uh, Cody's Warehouse today getting to hang out. It's always uh, super awesome for me to be here just because for years I would come out here as a client and as somebody who would come and uh, try to siphon information off of you, which I still do, obviously. But um, coming out here uh, in, in the light of like, you know, somewhat up here and a friend has been a very cool experience. But um, Cody, man, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be the, the I, I would consider that the top guest. I mean, yeah, shit. For sure. The first guest every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and likewise, man, it's always, it, like I was excited about today because I just cleared my schedule. I knew you were coming out and it's, uh, it's dope because like you said, you were a client, but obviously it got to a point where I was like kind of forcing you to stop being a client because I was like, bro, <laughs> like I'm learning from you now and like yeah. we're, we're boys, like let's just stop this. Um, it was funny because I didn't want to. I, was I know. Like, no, man, like, like are you sure? Like yeah. is you sure you want to, what you want to do just because, I mean, obviously I always loved our phone calls and yeah. like um, maybe a little imposter syndrome in there as well, so. Which is, I mean, and that's obviously something we could talk about today too because I think that's a good subject, but um, yeah, I think that uh, it's very rare to come across people that are like-minded, especially in the same fucking area. And, and, and not even just like-minded. Like I have, I have other friends that are relatively the same thinking to an extent. Um, I have a lot who don't at all anymore, to be honest with you. But I think that over time you realize that there's only a certain amount of people that are willing to grow to the level and at the speed that you're willing to grow. And that's where like your, your, your circle gets smaller. You know what I mean? And like, it's, it sounds brutal, but it's, it's just the fact of life. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've always told people that with like fat loss goals, it's like, you know, there comes a certain point where we can't pussyfoot around and baby you anymore. Like I'm going to hold your hand through this process, but at a certain point I'm going to tell you like, there's parts that are difficult. It's a diet. It's yeah. not like completely stress-free. However, if you aren't willing to do that, it doesn't mean like you're a shitty person. It just means that you don't want it bad enough. And that's not a you suck because you don't want it bad enough. It's just like, it doesn't matter to you. So who cares? There's as, things in your as life. As per our diet conversation earlier when I'm like, oh, what exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I just, I didn't sugarcoat it, you yeah. know? And I was, I even said the same thing. I was like, man, there's been points where I started to do it. And then I was like, actually, this doesn't matter to me right now. Yeah. And that's okay. I think people shy away from that in that world. But in, in general, like the people will like frown upon hustlers and grinders and entrepreneurs and people like that. Cause they're like, Oh, you think you're better than us because you grind. And I've had those conversations with people. And it's like, that's nothing to do with it. It's just, as long as you respect how passionate I am about this growth, I'll respect the fact that you're not passionate about growing or the fact that you haven't found the thing you're passionate about growing with. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like we can all have things that we're striving to improve and then things that we just don't care about enough to improve. There's plenty of things in my life where I'm like, I could try harder with that. But I just don't really give a shit about it. I was literally about to ask you, do you think that's why a lot of people just don't, or they like either get, A, get stuck in their way or they don't find their, like they don't find that will to push. It's just like, well, I don't know what I care about enough to push through. Like yeah. as per our conversation earlier, where I'm yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why push? Why push hard? Because at the end of the day, like success requires sacrifice, right? For sure. So you have to go through a, a kind of like a priority list or just a checklist in general and go like, okay if I'm going to go down this path and I'm going to be successful in this, what am I going to have to sacrifice as far as my time, finance, uh, enjoyment, people, like all those things, are those sacrifices worth that success? And unless you really, really, really care about that success, it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, and that's not just success from a money perspective too, because I mean, both of us can sit here and say, if we were after money, we wouldn't have got into the fitness industry. Mm -mm. I would have went like, actually <laughs> so many other things more profitable, man. I was, uh, getting ready to, which is ironic now with like the way like electric cars and everything are going. But yeah. originally it was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go into the oil industry. Cause that's what my dad did. And 
I know I can talk. I got the gift of gab. So he was like, you're just going to sell oil. Tons of money in it. And I got connections. So you'll work your way up and sell oil. And, yeah. you know, I was like, all right, well, that's the thing. But <laughs> I, I switched, obviously, because I found something I was passionate about. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Cody, I want people just for context, like when they're coming to the show, we talked a little bit about kind of like my intention behind it. And obviously, people will see that in the title. But, like, I want people to come to this show and, like, number one, understand why they should listen to you. I know because I've followed you for years now. We've been friends for years. But for people coming to the show, like, what is your business? What do you do? Mm -hmm. um, what has been your passion thus far in your journey? Yeah. Um, so my business is Tailored Coaching Method. It is an online fitness and nutrition coaching company. Uh, we also have the Tailored Trainer app, um, which kind of started out as a way for us to give clients who could only afford to do nutrition coaching with us a cheap way to train. Because we it was, used to be just a bunch of PDFs and stuff, right? Literally, it was yeah, just yeah. PDFs and Excel sheets. But it was like, hey, here's a portal. You can get access for like twenty bucks, and then. Now we know that at least our clients are also doing periodized nutrition sure. instead of going to Orange Theory. Like, no <laughs> shot at Orange Theory. But, um, and you know what? Like, you know what? At some point, too, I'm like, just fucking move. Yeah. But there comes a point where you need to progress your strength, and sure. that's not the way to go. So we wanted something cheap, and then it kind of kept growing, and now it's an app, but um, <clears throat> which we're going to grow further because once you get into apps, you realize how many things can be better about apps. And then you're like, oh, okay, let me go do this. And then you get a bill and you're like, oh, it costs a lot of money. It costs how much? Yeah, to develop <laughs> apps. So uh, it's been a long process, but I'm excited about it. But um, that's what we do in a nutshell. I'm, I'm very passionate about creating content. It's kind of how it all started, was just creating free content to help people lose weight, build muscle, um, change their life. And I like to mix a little bit of mindset, growth, stuff like that into it because I'm, I'm really just passionate about helping people improve their lives. Sure. I think fitness and nutrition is like my vehicle. It's what I study and what I start with because it's kind of like the whole marketing thing, like sell them what they want, give them what they need. It's like sugar for the medicine, right? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like a lot of times people are like, I just need to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, you do, but you need a whole lot of other shit that I'm going to teach you along the way. Sure. Um, and I think that's, that's been something I've been passionate about. It's why the podcast is the tailored life podcast. Um, it all started as Boom Boom Performance, and then uh, my nickname was always Cody Boom Boom McBroom. At a certain point, we started growing. I started hiring coaches, and I was like, I can't keep this named after me. And Boom Boom explains absolutely nothing that we do <laughs> whatsoever. So I was tired of answering that question. Well, of it was like, catchy at first, right? It brought people to it, like, who's this Boom Boom stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like when I would tell people, like when people would hear my name was Cody Boom Boom, like that would help sure. conversations and stuff. But uh, as a business owner, and you're like, oh, I run a company. Oh, what's your company called? Boom, boom, formats. You're kind of like, okay, at a certain point, you're like, this is kind of, it's just a weird name. It sounds yeah. like a, sounds like a sex toy, to be honest. <laughs> boom, boom, formats. That's what I've always thought Did about. Did you get that from lovers? Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's what I think about. So, uh, so I changed it to tailored coaching method in 2019, I think, at, at January 2019, or maybe it was 2020. Um, at the end of 2019, we started talking about it, but it's been like that a couple years now, at least. And uh, yeah, we have 10 coaches at the moment, uh, a PhD researcher on staff, full-time content creator, social media specialist, uh, our admin, um, the whole nine. It's, it's grown a lot. And I mean, that's, that's all we do. And I always talk about like having your one thing. Um, we are starting an apparel company. It's something I'm doing on the side as a passion project. But for the most part, like, uh, and, I, and I actually like take pride in saying this, like I'm a trainer. For sure. You know, I'm a trainer and nutritionist. Like, I think a lot of people get to a point where they're like trying to fancy their name. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a strength and conditioning specialist, which is actually like CSCS, but yeah. I'm a strength coach or I'm a fat loss expert or I'm this. And it's like, I'm a fucking trainer, man. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And sure. I'm a damn good one. And I've, I've made some success out of it. And uh, now we have a full team. We have the blog, we have podcasts, YouTube channel, tons of content going out, free guides, all that kind of shit. Um, the warehouse we're sitting in right now is... Uh, 
it's in a big ass warehouse, but it's really, I mean, it's our facility. We still call it the warehouse just because yeah. it's a cool name, but uh, there's a 2,000, 2,500 square foot gym. We got a podcast studio slash media room. My office is on the other side. Uh, total, it's 5,000 square feet. So we have some storage space. We're going to put the apparel space in there. And it's my own little fantasy factory. We got a little English bulldog running around as well, um, <laughs> which was very ironic. That was Shannon's idea. And then I ended up adopting him full time. I just but, hangs out with you at the, at the warehouse all day. That's right. So, um, but yeah, man. And, and, and I say this to impress upon you just because I know what we're going to talk about today. Not, uh, you as in the listeners, um, not to impress you, but like, I'm living my dream. Like this is what I've literally dreamed about doing even to the point of the fantasy factory. And I remember telling Shannon that I was going to do that. And she was confused. Cause she was like, but you can work wherever. Like you don't need to have overhead. Like, why would you have like a big place? And I'm like, cause that's just, that's my dream. I want to yeah. have a place where I can skateboard in there if I want, you know, I can host events there if I want, I can bring my team there. We can train there. Like sure. that was a dream, you know? So it's been pretty, it's been pretty cool to kind of sit, uh, like sidecar to you and kind of follow you on the way. Like <clears throat> just because like when I met you, you were still working out of your house. You had your home office. All of your old videos were like, you know, you in front of a whiteboard and Travis would come over to shoot, you know, mm -hmm. and like camera quality wasn't quite as good as it is now. you know just so many things have like grown and changed over the years and it's been cool to be a part of that because like I, I can be part of the conversations like oh man remember when you were this this and this and this and like now looking at this big massive warehouse and like even just a couple of years ago you didn't have the two sides you had the one side right mm -hmm. um it's been a pretty cool experience now you, you kind of mentioned shannon a little bit like what does she think about this whole idea? Like, how did you sell her on like, I'm going to start an online business and I'm going to do this. Like, was she on board with it? Like, how did you get her into that? Yeah, that's actually, that's a good question, man. Yeah. Let's see. Like when I met her, um, I was already, so when I, be, I became a trainer when I was 18 years old, uh, I was already going to school for, uh, fitness and nutrition and I started interning and then became a trainer. And I was like, by the time I met her, I had already done a, a physique competition. I'd been training for a few years. I want to say it was 2000. She's going to kill me if she listens to this. Sorry, 15? Shannon. I think it was 2015 I, uh, when we met. Um, that's and, funny. Megan always goes, when did we meet, babe? I'm yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's, it's hard. <laughs> uh, at this point, like, shit. But she DM'd me, which is funny because I always joke with her and say she slid in my DMs. But, in fact, she did. And... Uh, I was actually at a, a seminar in Missouri when she DM'd me. And so I'm like studying and falling asleep early to wake up for the seminar mm -hmm. on a Friday night. And she's like partying with her friend, DMing <laughs> me, no response. So I DM her back at like six in the morning, like yeah. up and at him. And uh, so we were going back and forth. And then like we, we obviously linked up. And uh, funny enough, she she's very homegrown is what I would call it. She Like we, we grew up completely polar opposite. So sure. like. She grew up in like the countryside and just like, you know, proper manners, Catholic church on Sunday. Like here comes Cody. Yeah. <laughs> here comes this like tatted up dude with a comb over and yeah. like fake ass diamonds in his ears and <laughs> grew up on a bad part of town kind of thing. And, uh, so we met and I picked her up for our first date and, and it was, I had a, I had reservations at El Gaucho mm. and at the time I could not afford El Gaucho. El so El I was really trying to impress her. For, for those of you who don't know, El Gaucho is like, uh, it's like the, I don't know, is that a five-star restaurant around here? Like, I would say, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice restaurant here in like the Seattle area. And when you go there, like you can almost, you, you know, you're going to spend several hundred dollars. And then Easy. if you throw in like, you know, wine or if you get, mm -hmm. you know, you get your valet into that next thing, you know, you're several hundred dollars into this dinner. So it, like, it's a big deal if you're yeah. taking somebody there, right? Yeah, like, I was bringing a credit card. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> and, uh, that over time. <laughs> But as I like picked her up, I was like, oh, yeah, I got dinner reservations down in Tacoma by the waterfront. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not going that far with you. I was like, what? She's like, I just met you. 
we're gonna go to the Mexican restaurant down the street. And I was just <laughs> like, okay. So we went to Puerto Vallarta. Right. Yeah, I, I ordered a Moscow mule, and the lady just looked at me like, are you are you stupid? You're at yeah. a Mexican restaurant. Supposed to get a margarita. Yeah. yeah. I, I said, uh, uh, what is the uh, Spanish version of that? That would be a uh, mojito. Mm. I was like, all right. Uh, and then Shannon was like, you probably want a mojito. I was like, all right, I'll get all that. Right. But she interrogated me, man. She was like, uh, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever done drugs? Like, have you ever cheated? Like, all the things you don't want to hear on a first date, she was just like, and I was, you know, like, I had gone on a bunch of dates before her, and I went to this one. I was like, this girl is drop-dead gorgeous. I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to, like, she gets what she gets. And I told the truth with all those, and for those listening, it was all the wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but obviously, things worked out. She sure. appreciated the honesty. And so she knew I was a trainer, so we started dating, and she knew, like, my intentions were to create an online business. Because even when I was interning and I applied for the internship, he was like, what do you want to do long-term? And I was like, I want to build a website in the fitness and nutrition space and travel. And that's like, that's what I'll do. He's like, how do you, how are you going to make money on the website? And I was like, I don't know that part yet. I just, I like, I, I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. Cause back then there wasn't really online coaching. I just saw people like Nate Green, John Brardy, Jay Frugia. They were making money somehow and they were writing blogs. That's all I knew. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, his exact words, Luca Osovar was the guy that I was working for. He, he was like, all right, well, you know, train, you're hired, but train people here for five years straight. Uh, damn near every day of the week and I think you'll earn the rights to build a business like that I was like alright and I trained people six days a week for six and a half fucking years yeah. and then I finally um, decided to go online so Shannon knew that that was my intention and it, it, like people who aren't in the industry don't really understand a lot of what goes on in the industry which is really cool because even to this day like you know like uh, so I'm, I'm interviewing uh, Lane Norton on my podcast next week and I told oh, Shannon, man. I was like, I'm super excited. I get nervous just thinking about that. Yeah, I, I, he was like yeah. the reason I got into nutrition coaching because right. after my show, I gained a bunch of weight and I started going like, what the fuck's wrong with my metabolism? And I found like metabolic damage. And yeah. there was this guy sitting by his pool talking about metabolic damage, Lane Norton. Started going down a rabbit hole. So I'm really excited about it. But I told her and she's like, who's that? And then I explained her and she was like, oh, okay. But, it, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it humbles you because you go, oh yeah, we're in this little bubble. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not like it. I'm just a dude, sure. you know? And so like to her, she was, she didn't really get it. She's like, so are you going to go on Skype and like work out in front of people? And I had to really like kind of explain to her. So she saw me starting to try to get into it. The, the, the shift was when we found out she was pregnant. I like sat on it for a few weeks and I told her like, Hey, you know, um, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go all in on this online coaching thing. And, uh, the house that we're, we're planning on buying soon because we have a daughter, like you're going to have to put it in your name because I'm going to quit. And therefore I won't be able to use any of my tax returns because yeah. I won't have a business for two years. And that's just the law. So it'll be on your credit. But by the time your maternity leaves over, you won't have to work ever again. She's like, okay, so you're going to create an online business by quitting your job, giving up hundred percent of your income, build this and let me not work again. Would have loved to just sit, like if there was a table like this, to like sit in that chair yeah. across there and just oh watch God. this conversation happen. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I think the, I think the response was kind of like, uh, okay, babe. Okay. Like a little tap on the shoulder. You know, sure. Okay, babe, sure. And uh, to me, I've always been a chip on my shoulder kind of guy. So like right. that was like, okay, motherfucker, watch without this. calling my wife that. But like being <laughs> I like, say you said mm-hmm. that? like, okay, watch me. And, uh, and like literally I, I quit passed off my clients in a good way so I could like have a good, you know, uh, I didn't want to burn any bridges. And I just, dude, I like went hard on content. I mean, I was like, if people know me, I mean, you know me, Mm -hmm. this is nothing, dude. I was creating so much more content. I mean, like literally Facebook live multiple times a week. I I was doing seven emails a week, 
two Instagram posts a day. Mm-hmm. I was doing two YouTube videos a week. I was still doing three to four podcasts per week. I was writing two blogs a week. Like, it, dude, it was just nuts all by myself. So, but when you train people for, I mean, hours every day in the gym and then you get rid of all your clients, you got a lot of time. A lot of time to figure out things, to do stuff. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people fuck around, but I just, dude, I just created. So it, it started growing. And then I think she saw, she saw the growth. She saw what that was like. Um, and so, uh, we were living in an apartment and, uh, we were getting ready to move eventually. And like, it grew so much before we could even get into that house that we were talking about. Like, cause we were looking, so we lived in an apartment for only six months. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she got pregnant. We we're like, all right, actually now the thing that we moved into this apartment and within the first month we found out she was pregnant and we were immediately like, okay, we got to terminate at least early and get a house because sure. we're a kid. So we were there for six months, but within that six months after me telling her that it grew so much that I literally had to hire an assistant. And on the last day before I moved, and this is when like God puts things in front of you, right. I ran into a guy in the apartment gym because I was trying to get a quick workout in while the movers <laughs> were like dropping right. a load off and coming back. And he was like, dude, I went to high school with you, but I was older than you. And I listened to your podcast and I was like, no shit. And he was like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm moving today. And he was like, man, my wife, uh, Tori, you know her. And she, she wants to like lose some weight after they're having their second kid, but she's so busy. Like, and, and you know, I'm, I'm the only one working right now as a teacher. And I was like, dude, I've been looking for an assistant. She was like the most organized. She was always like on her student. I was like, tell her I want to get coffee with her, sat down, hired her. Gave her like a 12-week transformation. She looked great, everything. She was my assistant for like two years. So um, it was just crazy. But like I, I think even after the first few months, Shannon just saw the hustle and she was like, all right, I'm all in. You think bringing her in on that? So like something I think about like how many conversations, that, like when we had our mentorship, like how many conversations did we have with like guys who had, you know, um, significant others, you know, girlfriends, wives, whatever. Like something I think is important to pull out of that is like you – like you brought Shannon in mm-hmm. on what you want. Cause that's always a common thing. Like, you know, if I talk to a guy and he's asking me about business or like, you know, my wife, I meet resistance from my wife or I meet resistance from my girlfriend or, you know, my spouse, whether, you know, whether you're a female listening to this and you've got a husband or boyfriend, like I think something that you did and you can speak on this is like you, you shared a very clear vision and like, I'm sure where she fit into that. Is that mm-hmm. pretty accurate? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, it went in waves because so for me, I shared that vision. And then once she saw that it was possible, it was like, okay, I support that vision, but don't let it get out of hand because I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, mm-hmm. that was her thing. She was like, I will go back to work because she was the breadwinner at the time. She made more money than me when we met. And she ha- she worked in a corporate, like a company that she could work up in. And she had a good connection with the owner. So, like, she really had a good path. Sure. But I was like, I know that I can only create what I want to create if if I'm, like, that's, like, all my time is there. And I don't want our kid going to daycare, like... It, nothing wrong with daycare, but at the same time, it's just not what I wanted. So we had that conversation and she was like, no. But then the second Blakely was born, she saw her in the hospital, like literally in the hospital room. She looked at me and she said, okay, I'll never go back. Mm-hmm. Like that was the moment she finally said like, okay. Once she saw Blakely's face, she was like, right. I'm good. Kind of put her in another scenario of like what's important now, like where she's just been her time yeah, and stuff like that. Exactly. And, uh, and any mom listening would know, you know what I mean? Like you, you just, I mean, any, any dad knows because they see their significant other look at their child that sure. way, you know, it's just different. And, uh, so after that point, it, that really gave me the, like, I already kind of had the hustle, but then that gave me the full permission to hit the green light, you know, mm-hmm. but it got out of hand. Cause the first two years of Blakely's life, I mean, you know, like sure. the first two years, I mean, they need the mom. I mean, the dad's there for sport. I mean, I remember the nights where Shannon would wake me up when she, the baby needed to feed. And then you're just kind of sitting there like half asleep. Like, what a zombie. Am I gonna do? you're like, 
good job. Like, what do you do? <laughs> Moral support. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And then she finally was like, you know what? I'm just being selfish. Like, I know you got to work. Sure. You're really not doing anything at all. So it's fine. And I was like, all right, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and so, yeah. but I just dude, like I, the, the business grew too fast for me to handle with just an assistant. And I had too many clients. I was struggling to find coaches. I started hiring coaches but it was like two years straight. And then after two years, Blakely got to a point where now she's walking and she's starting to try to figure out words and she's like wanting dad more. And that's where it was like, I was getting pulled in that direction. I realized how busy I was. And that's when Shannon was finally like, look, I needed your support this whole time. I didn't have all of it, but I was accepting that because mm -hmm. I knew this was important to you, but it's not just me that needs you now. She needs you now. And mm -hmm. she didn't say it that nice. You know, Shannon, she's, she's a very direct person. She can be direct if she wants to. Yeah. So, uh, but that was like a wake up call for me. I was like, Fuck, all right. And honestly, I was fearful that I was going to, and this is a good lesson for entrepreneurs. I was fearful that I was going to lose a lot of the business. I was going to lose how much we could grow. Sure. But in fact, we grew more because one, I had more purpose. So during my day, I stopped fucking around. I stopped playing around with Instagram. I was way more disciplined with my time because I knew I made a commitment. I was like, I will be home for dinner at five every night. Yeah. Right. And even like when I was working from home, it was still like, I will be done by five. And now that I'm here, I'm always home by five. Like, that's just the rule. And I get up early enough to get everything done to be home by that time. But that also meant I had to delegate a lot. So I started handing shit off to team members. I started hiring people to do other things. And I was like, fuck, I'm paying this money for these people to do stuff that I could handle myself. But then all of a sudden it was like, damn, actually, this is kind of nice and I have to do it. And now I can do more of the stuff that only I can do. Mm -hmm. And then I hired somebody to do something. I was like, actually, you do that way better than I do, you know? And, and it kind of removes the ego from the situation and we exploded. We just kept growing and growing and growing, you know? So, yeah. and I was going to ask you too, like you, like your, your business is like very sustainable and, 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 you know, runs well with just touch points from you because you start the face and stuff like that. Um, but something I've always admired is like your, your work ethic and your ability to stay on task day to day has always been something I've always valued. Like, for you, number one, where did that come from? And then what are some, like a person listening to this are like, okay, Cody's got a massive business. What does he do every day that allows him to, um, I hate kind of like that blanket question of like, how do you handle it all? But like, I mean, you do things every day that I've learned over the years from you. Like a person coming to this, listening to you right now, like, okay, you know, he's got a massive seven figure business. He's crushing it. He's got a great family. He's got a cool ass dog, you know, all the bells and whistles, right? Like how does he create all of those things? And then, you know, stay on task and still manage to get home and be with his family. Like what are some of your practices that you do that mm -hmm. you think a person could value and like put into place in their own life? Yeah. I think that something that I know we both do is, I mean, it's essentially core four, right? But I think we both kind of manipulated it in our own ways to play the game, how we need to play the game. But it's, it's essentially like a personalized life checklist every day, you know? And I think that what I learned is that there is no balance. So if somebody was like, if somebody asked me that question was like, how do you balance it all? Or how do you have balance within that? I would say it depends on how you define balance because I work more than I see my daughter. And most people would be like, damn, that's fucked up. And it's like, well, the reality is I can't run a massive seven figure business if I spent more time with my daughter. I've actually never met. It's so funny because like, um, or like coming up early, like I used to follow like a very prestigious, like CrossFit coach, like, mm -hmm. and, and I don't want to like name drop him, but like he had a lot of athletes, but he always talked about like how, Basically, he worked a couple hours a day and he ran this massive business and stuff like that. And like, as I got deeper and deeper into like levels of success, depending on how you define success, but like, as I got deeper and deeper, I was like, 
man, I don't know. Cause there's like, you actually said at one time perfectly to me, like there's seasons, there's like seasons where you're going to go really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And like, you just got to be okay with working on the weekends. You got to be mm-hmm. okay with like, you know, working late into the, um, the evening sometimes. So it kind of like got me into this place where like, is there really balance? Like, it, cause I, back then I was like, I've got to get to where I work three or four hours a day. And I'm like, well, I've actually met I've never met anybody in person that crushes it in their life that doesn't, you know, eat shit, if yeah. you will, sometimes, you know, so. I think there's there's balance from an energy perspective, and when you accept that that's all it is, mm-hmm. I think it's way easier. Because when I stopped trying to calculate how much time I could spend with each category of my life, and I j- could just put more energy into each category, then all of a sudden everything got way better. Because it was like, okay, well, I'm at work for this big chunk of time, And if I can put this much energy into what I'm doing, why can't I put a quarter of that amount of energy into my daughter and wife during the day? Mm -hmm. Because if you really think about it, like I, like I get, if I get home at five, my daughter goes to bed at eight, eight 30. Like I'm literally at work for four five, six times longer than her, Mm -hmm. than I'm with her. So I don't need to spend as much time, but I can spend as much energy. You know what I mean? And that usually means like, for me, it's like, I got to be a really good Ken doll for a little bit, you know? And like, she's fucking thrilled or like color the picture she wants me to color. And she's got this thing of fucking up my coloring every time. It's so funny. (laughs) She'll make me color for like 30 minutes and I get super into it, dude. And then she'll like come over and just start scribbling on it and laughing. And I want to just be like, are you kidding? Like I tried so hard on that. We're like coloring a blippy. It's funny you say that. We're coloring a uh, blippy like a week or so ago. Like my, my, I don't, yeah. those of you listening to us, like if you if you want to, you want your kids to lose just hours of their time. Put on a blippy video. They're just going to disappear. But <laughs> that like, or a for Adley. It's do, totally. Uh, so we, we got a blippy coloring book and we're doing the thing and I'm like got the oranges and the blues mm-hmm. all perfect and got his shoes and his K Swiss all right and then Holden comes over a red crayon just yep and I'm they love like, doing it fuck man <laughs> I thought about it the other day and I was like you know what if my brother was coloring next to me and his coloring looked way better I would do the same fucking thing yeah you know and Sabotage. I mean I color way better than my four year old <laughs> daughter at this point so um, but so no I think uh, I think the energy thing is the biggest thing dude so so when I accepted that and I could start like actually placing a lot of energy into each area it helped and then I have this checklist. And that's like, that's kind of like your roadmap for the day. And I've tweaked it over the years. Like, so one thing, for example, like, and this is so simple, but it helps relationships so much is the appreciation for the day. Right. And at first when you learn, when I learned at least core four from wake up warrior, when I went through that program, everything, it was like an appreciation text, note, voice memo. Like it's just an appreciation note. That's what it was. And so I would send one, right. Two of them, one to my wife, one to somebody else. And for most people, they work great. But over time, they get stale. And number two, I realized that's not even my wife's love language. So she never really cared as much as I thought she did. And she never cares as much as I do. Like she sent me a voice memo yesterday, randomly in the middle of the day, doing the exact same thing. And it meant the world to me. I listened to it like three times. And it was like- Shannon does core four? She doesn't, but Uh, she's picked up on some things. (laughs) She does does it, but she doesn't know she does it. Yeah, yeah. but like that meant the world to me because my, my love language is words of affirmation. Sure. Hers is acts of service. So then I started like kind of thinking, I'm like, well, why don't I just replace that with acts of service, right? So like yesterday I like cleaned the living room, which is really just making sure like the decor pillows that are like organized, get how that, she likes. the puffs right? Yeah, yeah, dude, puff up the puffs and then fucking <laughs> do the dishes real quick before I leave. And she wakes up to a clean house, like. That is my appreciation text for the day. And you guys listening to this right now, like uh, Shannon literally decorated my wife and I, uh, our bedroom, and it's like over the top amazing. Like, so she obviously it. your house is, you know, next level decoration. So that's probably like huge yeah. to her. Like he fixed my puffs. Exactly. <laughs> it, she does super good with it. And she's really into that stuff. Yeah. And so that's, be- I told you the other day, I was like literally, so I'm like a week away from 
less than a week away from my photo shoot. So I'm leaner than I've been in a long time. Shredded. I'm very, very lethargic. And it was the only sunny day of the week. And the lawn is a half acre. <laughs> and I have a push mower. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. But in my head, I was like, Shannon and Blakely are going to want to play on the yeah. next fucking sunny day. Get the day. bugs down a little bit, yeah. Let me get out there. You know, but like... That was my acts of service for the day, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, having those checklists. Now, my number two is Blakely. For Blakely, I can't leave her a note. She doesn't know how to read, right? So, I had to do the same thing. It's like, what is her love language? Well, as a kid, we can't really test it, but I do know that it's interaction. Mm-hmm. So, how do I find a way to interact with her, right? So, like, that's, like, how I'm giving energy. And I think if you have a checklist, it works better because you you physically have to tally your score. If you don't, I don't think you're going to be as good at it. And then on the other side of it, I think you have to have accountability. So like for those listening, for example, Cody and I do this and we set up a 90 day outcome of like what we're going to focus on most in this quarter. And we share the notes with each other. I'm about to say that's been helpful. Like when you go in on like a Monday and you're checking shit off, I'm always like, there's the, so just like looking no, to see what I checked off. Well, no, it's like good competitiveness. I'm yeah. Like, oh, motherfuckers two, two, you know, two dates ahead of me on his dates or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you're ahead of me on the bro dates. And I was like, but like, that's what helps is like seeing that. So I think having the checklist and all that stuff, but it's, it's mapping out like your blueprint for your perfect day. Like, I think a lot of people forget to do that. And then the other thing I would say too, is like, you have, like, you can't always do this at first, but I'm at a place now where I can really, really organize my time the way I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And what I would encourage everybody to do is to set up your morning in a better way. There's a lot of people like, "Ah, I'm not a morning person be a morning person. And then there's other people that are like, well, you can do a morning routine at any time of the day. And I used to agree with that, but I really don't. Like, I think I, I really truly believe, I don't, I, I was never a morning person. I was never a morning person. Even when I was a trainer, I would train people in the evening because people would get off work and then come to the gym. So I could make more money and work with more people by working in the evening. Yeah. So I always worked in the evening, which meant I trained at like 10 PM. And then I had to go to school in the morning at like 10 AM. So I would sleep in until 9.30 and then get up and go intermittent fast on my way to school, basically. (laughs) This is before intermittent fasting was cool. But, like, I started being a morning person because I saw, like, every single successful entrepreneur I wanted to be like was a morning person. They woke up. They meditated. They did certain things. And I think the biggest key is, is, like, for me, it's always, like, wake up. Obviously, I get my coffee and everything. I believe having a green string first in the morning is vital. Like, there's nothing special. It's a game changer for me. Like, Dude, I it, it, yeah. and, and part of it is just mental, right? It's not that, like, this green drink's going to, like, cure diabetes or some shit. It's, it's, a good, it's good for you, for sure. sure. And it gives you your enzymes, probiotics, your multivitamin, all that kind of stuff in it. But there's something about chugging a big blender bottle of water and greens that don't necessarily taste amazing, but it starts your day with a healthy note. That sets me up. And water for you in the morning is good, obviously. Have some coffee. I journal and read, meditate, and then I go move. And if you do those things for yourself in the morning, you will be in a better place. And that's the whole point. Like, tomorrow's Saturday. I'm not working, but I'm still going to wake up between 5 and 6 a.m., and I'm still going to do all of my morning routine before the girls get up because I'm going to be a better dad and a better husband if I do that first. Just like I can't save somebody on the plane if I don't have my mask on first. That's what, that's what it is. So I think setting up your morning the way you need it to be and then having a checklist throughout the day, and it's not just for your relationships, but I have a checklist for, for movement, for, uh, for fuel, which would be my green drink, for um, meditation, for journaling, for reading uh, or studying of some nature. It's like, what did you learn today? Because if you go through day after day after day and you can't say that you learned something new, I believe you're wasting time. I mean- sure. We're limited on earth and there's an unlimited amount of information out there. Why would you not try to consume more, right? And then sharing it. How am I sharing it with somebody? Sharing it with Shannon, sharing it with a client, sharing it on an Instagram post. Like it's that discover and declare aspect, yeah. right? So we're having these like habits and checklists have just been a game changer. It's something that's, you know, there's been periods of time where I've been better with it or worse with it, but 
anytime I'm in a bad place or I feel like, you know, there's tension in my relationship or like things are stressful or the business is going so well, the first thing I do is look back at my checklist and I see an inconsistency with something in there. Mm -hmm. But when all those things are dialed in, things are going amazingly well. You know, that's done for me too is like, uh, so, so this practice that we're talking about here, this, this core four kind of concept, um, it, it taught me a number of things about like, just in general, if, if I look at any successful entrepreneur or like business owner, coach, like anybody that I've ever kind of come across, it, it is, you know, you could say it is more common than not that that leader invests in themselves in a way. Sometimes it's core four. They have, maybe somebody else has other practices and stuff like that. For us, it's core four, but each one of them invests in a way to like build themselves up, to expand themselves. Because what I've found is like, uh, for those of you listening to this, like if you want your business to grow, if you want your life to be better, like it, it, it's always going to start with you, like your ability to expand yourself, your mm-hmm. mindset, you, you know, your relationships with people. It's just like those people that do have, you know, a very successful business, like the thing's a house of cards. It's going to fall down because they're not working on themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times just simply doing things like what Cody's talking about and helping to expand yourself is realistically like step one at like growing anything. Like, yeah. Would you agree with that? Like, 100%. Yeah. I think everything starts with you. And then the only other thing I would throw into this whole idea is uh, self-discipline. I think that a lot of people... Like, number one, willpower and self-discipline is limited. So you have to remove things that require self-discipline or willpower that you do not give a shit about. And this is why, like, I don't, I literally don't have cravings for junk food and stuff. I'm di- I've been dieting this whole time. Me and Shannon were like, she was like, what do you want to have after the photo shoot? Like, I'll make you anything you want. We can go get dinner, whatever. Chicken and broccoli. And I literally was like, <laughs> I'll probably get a fattier cut of steak. And then I really want, like, a baked sweet potato with some, like, butter on it. And she was like what the fuck? Like mad? (laughs) And I was like, what? She was like, I'm trying to enjoy something. I was like, this isn't about you. This is my like free meal. But like, I don't, I don't crave that stuff. Like if I can have a good glass of whiskey or beer, like I'm good. But, but my point with that is if I did, I would remove the things from my household because every time I walk by it, I can say, no, I have that discipline, but I just bring that discipline tank down a little bit. So I think like saving your discipline for what matters and practicing using it is really important because I don't think you can do a lot of this stuff consistently without building that discipline. And it comes from doing shit you don't want to do or doing shit you do care about, but you don't want to do at the moment. When I mowed the lawn, I did not want to do it. And I spent two fucking hours doing it and the whole time just being pissed. Mm-hmm. But then I got done and I was like, ah, like Looks those good. lines look good. Looks and good. I was like, I just did something I didn't want to do. When I take a cold shower, I don't want to do it, but I like doing things I don't want to do. And the reason this is important is because in the morning when the alarm goes off, you don't want to wake up. You're more likely to get up and not hit snooze. When you wake up and you don't want to read or journal or meditate or go walk because it's raining, you got to bring an umbrella. You still do it because it's easy since you've done hard things and built that grit and discipline. So when I come to the office and I don't have a boss, but I know it's my responsibility to put all food on all these people's plates The only reason I'm able to grind is because I care about those people and I have discipline. I can put my phone away. Mm -hmm. It stays on do not disturb 24-7 as it is, and I can work. But to do those things requires self-discipline. So I think that, you know, in an age of convenience, uh, poor work ethic, uh, I mean, people are constantly triggered about everything, like, and that's a whole nother conversation rant, (laughs) but I think that, like, the point is, is I think it's really important for people to understand that you know, we're all entitled to our own opinion. We're all entitled to our own passions. We're all entitled to what we want to work hard on, but you have to strongly believe in whatever you're believing in and whatever you're doing, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're working hard at and really do it with everything you got and be truthful, be, be, be loyal to it and just grind. Like if you don't display that hard work, 
I think you're on a fast path to honestly depression and just no fulfillment in life. You're going to waste way life. Like it's funny. I just posted, like, I was like, you can have an easy life or you can have a legend or, or you can have, you can't have an easy life and a legendary like life story. Mm-hmm. Like those two just don't go together. They don't. Cause like there's work required yeah. to do something. Fucking Great cool. things require hard work. And, and if we look at, and this is just a random correlation that came to me the other day when we were podcasting, um, it's kind of like the, I look at it like linear periodization, right? Like for training as intensity goes up, volume goes down, yeah. right? There's like that cross in the graph. Sure. Well, as convenience has gone up and essentially work ethic has gone down because of it, what else has gone up? Like work ethic has gone down, depression, anxiety, stress, and suicide have gone up. Now, this is a correlation. I have no research for this. Sure, sure. But like if I look at like my family's history, like the stories I hear about like my grandfather going through the Hungarian Revolution and all of his, his parents being killed, him taking his family through a concentration camp in Europe, and then going to war at 18, getting shot in the back, escaping the fucking Who country. Does? My grandpa on my mom's side. Why have I never savage. heard this story before? <laughs> oh my God, dude. We did a history report on him in high school. It's such a savage story. I actually just saw him last weekend. Um, he's like 85 years old, still hiking, going around the world. Like he's, he's gone through heart surgery. He's got three bullet holes, prostate cancer. He's done it all, dude. <laughs> yeah. He is such a beast. But that's a hard life. You know, my dad did not have it as hard as he did, sure. but my dad had it harder than I did. Like it just, it's every, every decade it gets easier, right? Yeah. Everything, we have more opportunity, more convenience, yet the rates of all these, these depressed, depression, anxiety, all this stuff keeps going up. And to me, I, I strongly believe there's gotta be some kind of correlation between work ethic and that, because the people who are happiest are the people who work hard mm-hmm. because you have more self-respect for for yourself you know you have purpose. more appreciation purpose faith in life like you're doing things for a reason like i don't know man so i think that i think you got to find your passion but i think you got to build self-discipline and work ethic and that comes from willingly doing hard things plain and simple and that's yeah. been a part of core four to an extent too sure. because sure. every 90 days it's kind of like okay like we have all these things we want to achieve but there's always something that we're like this is the thing that's going to be really difficult and it's the most important thing on the list. Yeah. You know, the, you know, Cody's kind of hit on it a little bit with like talking about the 90 days thing. That's actually something that like I got so much value from when you first met me and, or when I first met you, I guess, like, um, you know, Cody kind of asked me like, you know, it was like a January, like goal state, like, what do you want to, where do you want to be a year from now? And there was all these questions. I wish I had them written down, but like, I'm sure they're in an old journal, but it was like, well, where do you want to be a year from now? And I was like, oh, well, I'd love to, you know, make this much money, have this kind of relationship, like, um, have this sort of mindset, you know, all of my core four categories were kind of spoken for, but then you're like, okay, great. Now, um, and again, like guys, when you're, when you're looking up like these types of things, like everybody has their own iteration. This isn't original. We didn't make this up, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you basically told me, okay, what is this year thing that you want to do? Wrote down all those things. And it was like, well, how can we break these down into like little quarter bite sized pieces? Right. And that's been huge for me because it's like, for me, like I, I was writing the other day in my journal and just kind of thinking about like, you know, I'm sitting in the house of my dreams. I've got a great relationship. I've got all these things, but it's like, it took me so long to get here. I actually made a post about it. I was like, you know, uh, a, a picture of my gym nine years ago popped up when I was in Virginia and I was like overnight success. Mm. That's what this was. Right. And it was like, no, it's 10 years of eating shit, setting little targets and like just knocking yeah. these little pins down little bits at a time. And, uh, you know, all these things kind of compound, um, you know, something that I've really valued for you, uh, about you for years is just like your self-belief, right? Like you always believe in yourself. You always believe that like, and I, I think I've developed a lot of that from like watching how you live is like self-belief is like, okay, you know, we got 10 seconds in the fourth quarter. I want the ball, right? Like it feels like you always have that mindset in yourself. Um, I've got some, some thoughts on like how I've like 
you know, uh, I kind of built that in myself, but like for you, a person listening to this right now, like I, from where I'm standing, looks like you have a lot of self-belief, like where, how do you build that in your life to be able to kind of operate from that frame every single day? I have a funny answer for this. And I think that like, I mean, there's one thing I, I will say first is that you have to be careful with what you commit to because the more often you set goals or commit to things and do not fulfill them, the more you prove to yourself that you can't do it. And that's sure. going to fuel self-doubt. So every time you, like if you're just haphazardly saying like, oh, I'm going to lose weight this time, like you're verbally saying this to yourself and people and then you don't do it, you are literally proving yourself right over and over and over again. Right. You can't accomplish this. So you got to be careful. You have to like, if you're going to commit something, be ready to do it. Like that's why like I'm very cautious with what I set goals with because if I don't absolutely truly care about it, I'm not going to do it, you know, because I know what it's going to do. It's going to reverse that self-belief. Now, I think for self-belief, like when I look at myself, honestly, the funny answer is, is that I, I compare myself to other people. <laughs> and, and I think that usually people are like, don't compare, but I do it in a, in a pretty positive way. I look at somebody and I compare because yeah, like I don't have what this person has. I haven't accomplished what this person has accomplished. I look at people who have businesses that I want. I look at people who have bodies I want. I look at people who have relationships I want. And instead of going, fuck, I don't have that. I go, that's how I get it. Mm -hmm. Because what, what's so special about that dude? Like really, like I can think of very specific people. I'm not going to name names. Very specific people who have very large companies in the same industry as me that I, I've looked at for the last couple of years. And I've like literally like picked apart every aspect of that individual and been like, well, I do that better. Well, I'm way smarter in this category. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm better at this. I, I think my content is better here. Like my loyalty to my team is better here. And then I start going, wow, like there's really no reason why I can't actually surpass them because by the looks of this piece of paper, I'm actually better. You know what I mean? Like sure. how did they get there? I don't know. Maybe there's things I'm not seeing. Uh, maybe that they ran ads. Like, I don't know. But the point is, is when I start doing that, it's either neutral or, at worst, I have a few things to work on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can even think of like in the relationship category, that's how it was with Garrett for a long time, like watching him, what he did. And granted, like I don't know him personally, so I only see so much, but I can see what I can see and what he teaches. And then I can go like, okay, I do all those things and have all those things. I'm just not as consistent. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I need to show up more. It's not like showing up better. It's showing up more consistently and doing so even when the other person's not showing up for me. Because as the man, I'm supposed to show up no matter what. Sure. And that's the hard part, I think, in relationships is, like, when you don't get it reciprocated right away, you're like, ah, fuck this. This is pointless. And it's like, no, no like, you're depositing. Like, just be patient. Dude, I know for, for me with relationships, like, it's been, um, you know, we, were, we you and I were having a conversation earlier uh, about some unnamed categories inside of relationship that I won't do here. But, like, it was, like, those, the way that her and I are around each other now has just been, like, years of stacking things like mm -hmm. it's so funny like she she had her closet open so one of my 90 day goals this is free free tactic i stole this from cody years ago but it was like one of my 90 day goals was to write my wife uh basically a letter and i had categories it was like or not a letter but like little post-it notes it was mm -hmm. like um lyrics that remind me of you songs that remind me of you um memories uh just you know uh, words of affirmation to her. You know, each one of them had different colors and I had it color coordinated and I put it inside of a cookie jar, right? But it was like, she literally still has it in her closet and she pulls it out, right? Mm -hmm. But like little, like that took me 90, I wrote 90 fucking notes that went inside of that jar. So we're talking like 90 days where like, I, I didn't know if she was going to like it. I didn't know if she was going to appreciate it. And here we are three years later and it's still something that's important to her. But it was like, you mean I don't just change one or two things and my relationship gets better? No, you change one or two things 
every single 90 days for, you know, the next five years and yeah. maybe you'll have a great relationship. Well, man, and that's even like, that goes back to the point of just like having that task clicks, you know, like people forget to write shit down and you got to write weird things down too. I remember there was a point where like, uh, it was, it was a really busy season and I remember Shannon kind of voicing something to me. She wasn't like pissed or anything, but she kind of mentioned like, uh, there's some, some days you just like walk in you're like, you say, hey, and you drop off your bags, you change, you come down to dinner, like, you don't, but, like, you don't, like, come in and, like, say, you know, so I was like, fuck, like, I'm kind of just coming in with the work stress and hustle and bustle, so I'm, I, like, literally set a, a timer and a reminder to leave five minutes early so I could pull over and meditate before I got home, and I left a sticky note on my, my dash until Shannon was in the car and I would, like, remove it so she didn't see it, but it oh, was literally, <laughs> yeah, it would literally say, change your mood. Yeah. Because I would be driving and I'm looking at the speed, but I can't see the speed because there's a sticky note saying change your fucking mood. And so when I'd get home, I had the intention of doing so. If I didn't have that sticky note and that reminder and that timer to meditate, I probably would have kept walking in like an asshole. But then eventually I could see the response of Blakely getting it hyped up. And now she's like karate kicking me like I was telling you earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I walk in the door. So now I don't have to need that You just came in with karate energy. She couldn't help herself. That's what I'm saying, dude. But you, you... you kind of, it creates like that habitual vibe after a while and you don't need the reminder anymore, but you have the reminder for a certain amount of time and you build that. Um, and I think that's, I mean, for the most part, like I've, I've never made up any of this shit. I steal it from people. And you've said that multiple times too, like from me and what you've stolen from me, I've probably stolen from somebody else. And it's like, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, I just, I'm constantly fascinated with what other people are doing. So I'm comparing to other people, but in a positive way, I'm stealing from them. I'm seeing how they're doing things. And I'm never doubting my ability to get there. Cause I look at them and I'm like, what is different about you? Like I could compare myself to somebody like Kevin Hart and I could compare myself from a joke perspective. I can't make jokes like he can, but I can work as hard as he can. That's funny. I was about to say like, that's like what I take away from that. And what I hope everybody has is like, Cody's not saying like, like if you have a business, like let's say you're a a landscaper and you look at other landscapers, like this isn't industry specific. This is like across all kinds of industries. Exactly. You see, you see what people are being successful with. And a quote I always remind myself of is like repeat successful action. Mm -hmm. So like when I see like Cody has a nutrition coaching business, I have a fitness and a martial arts business. Like kind of the same, also different. He's, his is online, mine is brick and mortar. So it's like, I can take things that he's doing and repeat. I can take the way he lives and repeat in my life. Like I've got 62,000 kids, a wife and two dogs. He's got one kid, one wife and a dog. Like, you know, I can still learn and kind of repeat things that he does. Same. Yeah. And I think that's where like, I think people need to, this is, dude, this is why like, I know quite a bit about Kobe Bryant. I fucking hate basketball. You won't, I mean, I don't hate basketball. I, it's a, I respect sport. You'll never catch me watching a game. I get really bored. I don't like, I don't like watching sports, sure. but I know a lot about him. I know a lot about Jordan because they're appreciable people. I know a lot about Tom Brady because I look at the greatest fucking people there is and I go, what do they do? Yeah. Right. And I think there's also something to say about the whole balance thing with there too, because nobody looks at Kobe and goes, yeah, but he's so unbalanced. He's a, he's, you know, that's like, that's a low quality father. That's a low quality husband. Like he didn't sure. do because he's unbalanced. I talked about this at, uh, an event I spoke at in Arizona and I was like, the reason is because he's glorified on television. Right. And that's something to take away from him. But if I work that hard and I sacrifice things in my life to be that successful in my own industry, I get looked down upon because I don't have balance. Yeah. Why? Because I'm not on TV. You know what I mean? Like, and so like me and Shannon even had like that conversation over time. It's like what it really requires and what I'm willing to do. But I think there's also a give and take. Now, if you ask Kobe, like, Hey man, how often do you go kick it with your friends? Like grab drink stuff. Probably next to never. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't do that shit like a lot of my friends do. 
but it's because I'm doing something like this. And I think that's where there's a trade-off. You just have to decide where that trade-off is. My trade-off's not with my family. I still am not going to spend as much time there because I can't physically. Sure. But the weekends, like Saturday, that's their day. Like I don't do anything. Sundays I get a little bit of work done sometimes just to catch up but or get ahead. But it's still like the weekends are theirs, you know. And for a while they weren't. I worked every day because you have to at first. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, yeah, I can't even remember the original question. But I, uh, oh, the self-belief thing. Yeah. I think that um, it, it honestly comes from setting intentions and checking off boxes. And then comparing yourself in a way that allows you to not compare to the like uh, the talent or the attribute or the characteristic that they're born with. Kevin Hart was born with a funny bone that I just will not be born with. You know, I think I'm a decently funny person. You're pretty funny for my friends. But I'm not going to stand <laughs> on stage and tell jokes. You know, yeah. um, but I could also say that there's no way. And we were talking about this with Shannon because I was like, oh, they they want like. Now Cody's texting me about how much to charge. And she's like, I don't want money for that. And I was like, why? What do you want me to tell him? Like, I mean, you got to charge sooner or later. Like, I tried to hustle this. you too. Like, hey, how much? Because Megan was like, Shannon won't let us pay for that. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to text Cody. Maybe he hasn't talked. I, I didn't. I, I, of course you talk to your wife about it. But like, I was like, I'm going to text them and just pretend like they haven't. And maybe they'll just tell me something. <laughs> Shannon was like, she was like, oh, we just got it. Like, uh, do you have a Venmo or something for the tree or whatever? And I was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. And she was like, well, it's a pretty expensive tree. And I was like, I think Cody owes me money. Or I think I owe Cody money. And she's like, you do? I was like, I don't know, but don't worry about it. Like, so I owe him. Like, he's fine. <laughs> um, and every, But, like, the point is, is, like, she, she made a really good point. She was like, yeah, but, like, when you started training people, did you do it for free? And I was like, well, of course. I had to get sure. used to programming and training people. I wanted to get, you know, get some, uh, get my feet wet, get some testimonials. And she was like. I'm getting my feet wet. I don't have any testimonials until now. And I was like, damn. I mean, I'd write a review on a website. That's a good point. And yeah. I was like, okay. And it's the same because my whole thing was like, um, I was like, yeah, but programming's like, and I, or I tried to tell her about her skill and she was like, anybody can do this. And I was like, no, they can't. I was like, that's like me saying anybody could write a program for a uh, youth football player who needs to put on some size for a sport. And she's like, that's way different. I was like, no, it's not. Because when you start color coding and like deciding on textures of walls and shit, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just know I got this, this Texan spear that, or steer that stares at me every morning when I wake up. It's just right there on my that wall. It's pretty cool. It's super dope. Yeah, at the same I think time. it's cool. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it convinced her to get something similar because now she wants to get this big painting of, uh, I think it's a, it's a steer. I don't think she was, maybe it was a ramp. It's, like, know, a legit, it's like a legit longhorn that yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but. But yeah, no, I think, I think that, that kind of answers it though. Like comparing, yeah. you know, and, and, and just doing what you're going to you say you're going to do, man. Like that's the biggest thing, you know? Would you say, would you say, so like you, you, people always say that like, um, you know, winning is like habitual. And I, and I think for me, what, what I've kind of learned is like, number one, um, modeling behaviors around you is a very important thing. Like, uh, for me, I even went through this thing where I like got rid of a bunch of people that I followed on social media just cause like, mm. I only wanted things that like would inspire me, would motivate me every day. <clears throat> and, and even like, like if any clients are listening to this, I'm really sorry, but like I unfollowed people cause I was like, I don't, at this point in my life, I don't want to see your kid. Like I love you guys, love your family, but like, I don't want to see your kid pictures. I want to see people that are going to post things to give me ideas. Every time I go to my feed, that's what I want to see. So I did that. But from there, it kind of went to where, like, I got to where it was, like, wins started stacking. When mm -hmm. all these things started stacking, these skills started stacking, and then it was like, well, now winning just kind of feels kind of easy. I just need to win more to keep stacking the success level. Like, yep. I mean, is that similar for you as well? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest part of that is uh, <clears throat> your environment does more than people realize. You know what I mean? I think that I, I read a book about something like this and, and I really started kind of looking at the people I followed, the music I listened to, the TV I watch, the uh, places I go, like everything. 
even to a point where, I mean, some of my favorite music is very fucked up when you listen to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I got to be careful with what I listen to, depending on what kind of headspace I'm trying to be in. Sure. Now, when I'm training, you're only going to hear gangster rap and, and screamo or heavy metal. Like, a little Nipsey Hustle busting. You know what I mean? Like, there. I yeah. have to have something like that because I'm in a mode where I actually want to pull out that, that dark side sure. of me to lift. But otherwise, I'm listening to usually beats because, like, I just want to hear melodies and music and it can allow my brain to think. And I think that that's part of your environment. Um, your that environment piece is real huge just because, like, like for you, you and I, when we have a conversation, it's like another level conversation, mm -hmm. right? It's like the, the possibilities that are, you know, in the sorts of visions that we have and the, the way that we approach the, the insignificant things. Well, what other people would deem insignificant seems significant to us. Mm -hmm. Like um, that environment thing for me was a huge thing because now it's like, which obviously like as you grow, the environment that you need to be around becomes a lot harder to find as well. But yeah. like, which is why I drive an hour to hang out with somebody. Like um, those things are huge. And um, you, you say the word ascension a lot and that stuck with me. And I, I picked yeah. that up from you. And I think that's like what I feel like when, when I hang around the right people or I have conversations with the right people or I, I, or I put myself in the right space, I feel a level of ascension. And I think mm -hmm. about that consciously now of like going into this day, how do I get that feeling? Mm -hmm. Which means I literally have to improve in one way or another. So how are the people around me? How are the things I'm listening to, watching, doing, reading, whatever, allowing me to ascend? Mm -hmm. Man, I even like, like I'm not joking you, like I'm planning on doing this for the next couple of weeks. There's a, a big box gym down the street. I'm literally going to get a membership and just do like one of my leg days there because one, I want a leg press and some like machines. But two, I'm like, I want a fucking gym partner that is ready to just fucking grind in the gym. You gonna go shopping for friends out there? I'm literally, I almost <laughs> posted my story like, is there like a Tinder for like gym partners, yeah, like yeah. lifting buddies? But like like my, my two best friends that I would want to lift with and I like talking to, you live an hour to an hour and a half away depending on traffic and Brad lives in fucking Utah. <laughs> so like, it's very unrealistic, right, yeah. to have you guys here every day to lift. Sure. So I was like, man, I'm gonna go to the gym and Maybe there's going to be another fucking 30-year-old meathead that just wants to grind and be like, hey, by the way, I got a 5,000-square-foot gym down the you street. You want to come hang out? Yeah, you want to come lift? Like, um, <laughs> Can I get your number? But, like, that's the environment. You know, and I like my environment here, but uh, my lifting partner has a crazy work schedule now, and so, like, we're not able to grind like we used to. And that plays a massive role in your in your training, you sure. know, like how hard you can go. And a lot of people can go harder than they think. And I think that it's really in every aspect of life. You have more in you. You're just not tapping into it. And it's like seeking that ascension that is the key. Sure. Question for you with entrepreneurship. What landed you on that, right? Like for me, entrepreneurship was this, uh, this glimpse into freedom, which is funny now because now I've got freedom and I don't know what to do with my time, right? Mm -hmm. But like that was my allure to it. Like for you, like people are probably listening to this and maybe they're on their fence. They don't know like, you know, is running a business for me? Am I in the right field? Like what were some things that let you know that, you know, running a business and entrepreneurship was for you, um, that maybe somebody listening to this can say like, oh, okay, I think like that too, or I have that quality or I view things that way as well. Like, mm -hmm. what was that for you? Honestly, man, for me, it was, uh, it always has been, but it like the thing that made me lean that route was, uh, I don't want to say like, I, the only word I can think of is disrespect, but like, I was gonna say a disrespect for authority. I'm just not, I've never been, I, I didn't do good in school. I was always getting in trouble. Like I was always like, the te the kid that the teachers they still liked, but I definitely did stupid shit and got in trouble. I just wasn't the worst kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think I was I, I was the things I was doing was getting me in trouble, but they were funny enough to where the teacher just couldn't laugh. And they had to like suspend me. Like, kind of oh, thing. Cody, yeah, why would again, you do that? <laughs> um, I was a D student, 
didn't do great in college until I switched my degree. Um, started working for somebody. Didn't always see eye to eye. And there was a lot of things that I was like, man, I would do this different. And that's what actually came about with Taylor Coaching Method is like, I didn't like, and it's nothing against, I shouldn't say I don't like group models, but like a big piece of it was like, at the time, boot camps really popular, Groupons were popular. And I was like, I constantly see large groups, generalists, not any individualization. And there's a lack of, uh, I mean, lack of individualization, but also like a lack of commitment because these people aren't being held accountable to the, the best right. degree. And usually when people are coming and going on cheap Groupons, that's the case, right? And, uh, and I was like, I want to do things my own way. And again, it kind of always boils down to like, I've always been that type of person that likes to go my own path. I, I didn't always listen to my parents very well. And uh, my dad was the same way. Like he, he tells these stories about his kid. I was like, you were me. Like, so you can't be pissed, you know, <laughs> see where that came from. Yeah. yeah. And so I've just always been that way. And I think like at a certain point I realized like that's, that's what appealed to me with entrepreneurship because I didn't get into it. Like I'm going to do this so that I can take home all the money. I was like, I don't even care if I make less money. I just don't want anybody to report to. Sure. Like, I want to do this my way. And then I think what what excelled the entrepreneurship for me was I've always felt like, like I've often said, and I stole this from Matt Frazier actually. He says pressure is a privilege. And I like that saying because I think like, you know, with responsibility, there's a pressure on you. And it's actually a privilege because if you have a pressure and a level of responsibility that is greater than most people, it means you're a leader. Right, because people are leaning on you. And I love that feeling. Mm -hmm. I like feeling a little bit of stress because people are relying on me to show up. You know, there's something about that that just fuels me. So I think part of the reason why I love Shannon being a stay-at-home mom is not only because she's an, an amazing mother to my child, my child gets her all day, but it's also because they get to lean on me for something. Mm -hmm. I know that I couldn't be like I couldn't be the mom she could be as a dad. And so I lean on her for that for sure. But I like to be leaned on for something. Sure. And I know I'm good at this. My team, they all lean on me. I like that. My clients lean on me. I like that. Like I want to be a leader in the industry so people can lean on me for education and communication and stuff like that. Like there's something about that that just fires me up. And yeah. I like that responsibility. So I think it's, it's a combination of not being great with authority, but then also like that pressure and that responsibility. It, I, I take it as a privilege and mm -hmm. it just, that's what gets me going. My big thing was like the, the freedom piece, like I said, was one like real huge thing just because it was like, you know, at the time I'm, you know, I've only experienced like working for people that I disliked or mm -hmm. just having trouble with like, uh, and, and I do want to talk about leadership too. Cause like there was leadership was a big issue that I had with people along the way. I was like, I've never had an issue following like, like you, when you mentored me, like I didn't have a problem following you because I respected what you said. And, uh, I could learn from how you lived your own personal life. Um, but the, the, another piece on top of that was like, there's no limits. There's no capacity. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you have the life that you want to have based off of, which again, probably another conversation, but like you have, or you have what you have in your life because of you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was like anything that I want to do, I can do it. I don't have to answer to anybody. I don't have to ask for permission. Nobody's going to say how much I can or can't make. Nobody can tell me what my vacation is going to be. Obviously, hard to take vacation when you're the guy all the time. But like, those are things that really brought me to and made me really appreciate like how much being an entrepreneur is a gift yeah. and how much like having that bravery. Cause I like, being an entrepreneur is like, you gotta be freaking brave, man. Because if you fail, like sure. Like all the people that work for us, if we fail, like they could go get a job somewhere else possibly. Right. And, and do just fine. But like, we're fucked. Cause like, this is our thing. So mm -hmm. it's like, for me, uh, that that's, um, just entrepreneur for me has been a gift. It's been something that's really taught me, another level of appreciation for living. Yeah. 
I think that risk, it, it kind of like provides some of the meaning like inside of what you do though too, yeah. you know, like knowing that the risk is all on me, it gives me more obviously passion and motivation to do it. Cause I have to, my back's against the wall, but at the same time, like I think it actually puts a little bit of fulfillment in there too. You know, um, I completely agree. I think that, uh, it, it's funny cause I never got into it for freedom because I never looked at it as like, Oh, if I'm an entrepreneur, like, I mean, I guess it depends on how you define freedom. Cause I did from a standpoint of like, I don't have to report to anybody, but I think a lot of people get into entrepreneurship. Like I'll be able to work less, make money, chill, take vacation, do what I want. Mm-hmm. It's just not the case, you right. know? Um, but a lot of times like you never think about like, fuck, I don't get to take vacation all stuff. Cause you don't really want to take time off. You love what you do. You know, it's, it's just like, I like life. working. Yeah. I like doing, and maybe that to, to some people who don't understand this life, they might, you know, view that a certain way. Like, oh, you're a workaholic mm-hmm. or all, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're addicted to work. And it's like, no, like I get fulfillment. Like yeah. I, I feel good doing what I do. Well, and that's, that's a really good thing to bring your significant other in on. Like you said earlier, like you, you, uh, talk to people who have like wives who like give resistance to what they're doing and stuff. If you don't bring your, your like, like I had to bring Shannon into what I actually do day to day. Like, sh- like, I haven't in a while, but I remember like showing her my schedule and like really showing like, this is how much shit I got going on. Well, because like, cause at a certain point they go like, Hey, can you take this day off so we can go do this? And I'm like, I can take half of that day off or like, I got an appointment here. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like I'll move things around, but I got to work at night or I'm going to have to do some work on Saturday or something. And then it gets to a point where they're like, why? Like, why can't you just like you run the business? And granted, there are times, hundred percent. Like Friday, I'm literally not working at all. Like today, I didn't really work either because I knew sure. you were coming out. So I could plan for it now. But for a long time, I couldn't do it that way. And there's still periods of time where I can't. Right? I'm going to work a little bit this weekend because uh, Shannon had a random appointment that she threw at me last minute. She was like, "Hey, can I drop Blake off in an hour? Mm-hmm. I got there's an opening. Can I go?" And I'm I'm like, "Yeah, of course. I'm going to have to figure out when to make up that work because there's things to do." But the point is, is like you have to bring them in on it so they can see because it's like, well, why can't you just take them? It's like, well, this is why. Here's this huge fucking never-ending list of things I have to do eventually and I'm going to chip away at them because this is being an entrepreneur. She's like, okay, well, why don't you have somebody else do it? Because nobody else can do this. That's, that's me jobs right there. Yeah. yeah. I've delegated everything I possibly can. These are what the, I, I have to use to grow. And then there gets to a point where, and Shannon has said this to me, she's like, well, why don't you just like, you know, I, like there's been stressful times. She's like, I can see your stress. Like, hey, we don't need more money. We don't need anything more. Like, we're good. Like, why don't you just pull back and, like, just chill? And I'm like, well, because if you really want to get technical, the the market increases by at least 13% every single year, which means if I don't grow 13% this year, I'm actually failing. Yep. And if I consistently don't grow, then I actually consistently die. Right. So even if I want to just chill here, we still got to grow, especially because inflation, everything's growing. You know what I mean? Everything sure. gets more expensive. So when you really start blowing down, it's like, well, you really can't not grow and if I just wanted to chill here, I'd work for somebody else. I, like, told, I told Megan one time, she was like, when is enough is enough? Or uh, when is enough enough? And I was like, I, I jokingly said, I was like, I'm a shark. Like, I have to swim. And it was like, you don't understand. And it would be impossible for me to probably get you to, to understand where my mind is. But it's and that's like, okay. And it's okay. 100% okay. Great uh, great placement on that. Because she probably listen to this. But like, oh, you. <laughs> well, I've had that conversation I, too. And I think right. that's key. Because Shannon's had conversations with me not understanding some of the things that she has to do. Sure. And, and it's the same thing. And I'm like, well, I can fucking do that too. And then I had to like kind of stop and go, well, you know what? Like, that's actually okay that I don't get it. Right. I can understand how hard it is. I don't got to get it. For sure. You know? And I was trying to tell her like, like you don't understand. Like, I if I'm not building something, I literally feel like I'm suffocating if I, which is why I'm kind of like full disclosure guys listening to this right now. Like I'm a little struggle with got some freedom that I got into this whole thing for in the first place. But now it's like, well, what do I do 
that will continue to, not that I'm like not growing and not challenging myself every day, but like, what can I do next to build, mm-hmm. like to expand more? Cause it's like, I feel like you'll, you'll, you'll hit these like barriers where like, you're just kind of knocking against the wall because you built yourself up and then you burst through that wall and there's a whole bunch of possibility, which is something I hit. Gosh, probably a year and a half ago. It was like, I started to learn marketing and, and a lot about advertising. It was like, uh, how to, how to sell at different, you know, places in the sales cycle. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to learn. But then I learned it. And I'm like, well, now I'm at the boring part where I just have to keep doing it. Yeah. Which is, you know, repeating. That's why entrepreneurs are, are very notorious for building something and burning it down. Yeah. Because it's the growth. And that's what I was going to say, too, is like the reason like enough is never enough. Like there is you'll never have enough is not because I need another car or anything like that. I love I will say, like, I love cars. Like, if there's anything I spend too much money on, it's cars. Like, I can not spend money on anything else. Like, I don't that care. That black out there on your truck is looking pretty so, nice. I, dude, I'll, I'll pour a lot of money into my vehicles. Yeah. Um, but you know what, too? Like, I think there's there's also, like, you got to find your thing, and then you can you can invest money in that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I own that truck. I know you own yours, too, yep. I believe, right? Yep. Like, that's a good fucking feeling. I don't have to pay sh- anybody for that. Yep. And now I can do stuff to it. And I went and bought a motorcycle. <laughs> Ours <laughs> is like, the boat. The boat is like my thing. That's yeah, my hobby. That's my it's thing. like, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, so there's obviously like everybody loves things that money can buy. But the process of growth is what fuels me, not where I'm going to grow. Like, mm-hmm. again, like if it was about the things I get along the way, everybody would have seen my motorcycle by now because it looks fucking sick. But you know what I did? I sent a picture to you and Brad. That was it. Nobody else seen it, right? Yeah. Like, that's it's just what it is. Like, I'll probably post it on my birthday because Shannon bought, like, technically got it for my birthday. It came yeah. early, and and so she'll want to like. Have you show driven it. it yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll sh- probably, probably feels awesome too. It does, yeah. and technically I'm not street legal yet, so I'm keeping it in the neighborhood. <laughs> but um, yeah, I still got a, a couple weeks till my like actual permit stuff starts. But but like I, I've never really cared about that stuff. The only reason I even shared my truck was because the uh, the tailored logo was on it, you know. But all the other things I've done to it, I've never really like blasted on there, sure. and because it's not about that to me. But the process of growth is what fulfills me every night. Like if I can lay my head down and again, that ascension feeling, like if I know like I grew today, like mm-hmm. I did better today. And I write those things out in the morning during my morning routine is like, what will I improve today compared to yesterday? Like, what am I excited for today? Like, yeah. how am I consistently growing today? And when I can check off those boxes, I know I'm becoming a better man every single day. And that's what it's about. It's funny. Mm-hmm. My alarm goes off. I have like an alarm. My, my like wake up alarm goes off at 430 and it always says like, how can you be the best possible blank? question mark and it like goes off and I see that first thing in the morning it gets me thinking like how can I be the best possible whatever coach friend you know leader uh, brother son like there's you know you can take that and just Mm -hmm. obviously fill in the blank Um, cool man so I I I I don't know. Are we good on time? Are we still good to go? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're the one that's got a call uh, eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I got another hour. So um, I do want to dive into leadership a little bit. So uh, for those of you listening to this, like I learned a lot of leadership qualities from Cody early on. I mean, he turned me onto a lot of books and then um, obviously sitting back and then watching how you do things. So I would love for somebody to be able to come to this show and, you know, okay, say, you know, here are two to three things that I learned about leadership from Cody and I'm able to implement. Like, when you look at some, obviously, when you look at how you lead or when you look at some people around you or in your peer group or role models that you've had along the mm-hmm. time, like, what are some leadership qualities that you've seen inside of them? You know, a couple of things that you're like, that's what a good leader should do so that people can say like, okay, I'm not doing this thing. I need to start doing it right mm-hmm. away. I think that, uh, you know, the first thing I will say is actually like the thing that has actually helped me more than anything. And I think it's something people don't pay enough attention to is looking at the leadership qualities that don't work 
or that you didn't like. I think that I've been able to pick apart a lot of bad leadership qualities and they actually allowed me to do better. Because if you think about like, think about like a, a bad, a, a Yelp review, you're like, or just a review in general, you go to a restaurant and it's really fucking good. I, I'm probably not going to tell anybody about it. Like I might, if, if like somebody's like, Hey, do you know of like a really good steakhouse within like 20 miles? Like if they randomly ask me that, then I'll tell them my favorite steakhouse. But if I go somewhere that's shitty, I'm going to be like, do not go to this place. It was horrible, right? Like we're always more likely to tell bad uh, reviews. But the reason I say that is because that feeling is stronger, right? Mm -hmm. It's a stronger feeling when you get that bad feeling and it's going to sit with you. So if you can reverse that, which is kind of what's nice about the stack, right? You can flip it around. That's actually what's taught me a lot about how to be a good leader, especially for my team, because I've been able to, to pick apart what I didn't like when I was a part of a team where I worked for somebody. And that's not to say that like all was bad, because there was plenty of good things in there. And I, I grew so much because of that place. But sure. I can easily say that there was enough things that I could pick apart that I was like, I want to do this differently, because sure. I remember how that made me feel. And that has been a game changer, because all the things that my coaches have consistently told me they appreciate and love and, and have really got a lot out of are the things that I was like, I'm going to make sure I do that thing differently and mm-hmm. I'm going to do it this way instead. And they have been helpful. Now, I, I just say that so people like be aware and like pick apart those things as you, as you experience them in life. But as far as good leadership qualities, you know, I've always been like, I think there's, there's like that one image. I mean, it's probably like overused by now, but like people, uh, there's like a, a group of people and there's like a leader in the back. Like, I think he's got a whip or something, but it, he's like point, basically pointing forward and it's like, he's like telling them to go. And then there's the, the picture below it's, he's got a rope around him and he's like carrying it and he's in the front and they're all behind him following him. Right. I've always kind of looked at it that way. It's like, if I'm not so, like, you can't be completely on the same level because if you're on the same level, you're not an authority figure. And that's not a negative thing. People want an authority figure in front of them. That's what a leader is. It's somebody sure. to guide them. But I think that, uh, I think that's like step one is, is, being able to put yourself on the same level to an extent to where you were walking with them. Like mm-hmm. You're in the trenches with them. Like you're, you're doing the work with them. Um, and if you're not literally doing the work, you've done the work in front of them. So they know, right? Because I'm even noticing in, in my industry, like we're in the same industry, but like the online nutrition coaching space, like I'm getting to a place now where my competitors, they're my competitors because they had capital investors step in. You know what I mean? And so they have a lot of money behind them. But they charge less. Their coaches make a smaller percentage of a less package. Like it's actually pretty crazy, but yeah. um, I have some insight from some people who have worked from those people and some people who work for one right now. And it's just wild to hear, but it's like, those are bad leaders because they're not coaches. They're capital investors. They right. see how this can make a lot of money. They come in with capital to run ads and build systems and they just make a mass company. I don't want to do that, but I think that's, that's being a bad leader to an extent. So I think being able to be on the ground level or at least have enough experience on the ground level to where they can have that respect for you. And that comes down to, too, like, you know, we, we've talked about, like, who do I want to become? Well, like, think about it from their perspective. Who is the guy, like, for me, who is the man or the leader that they would respect most? Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm going to be that person. Right. So I think uh, respect is a huge factor because if we think about, like, the reason you hired me originally is because you had a certain level of respect for me. Sure. The reason we're friends now is because I respected you more than the rest of my clients. And it's not that I don't respect my clients, sure. but it's, I respected you the most. You grew the most. You were on the same page as me. Like, that's just what it was. The reason Andres has been in my life is because I respect him as a father, as a husband, as a uh, business owner, as a person, right? I respect him. Now, he's not my mentor. I'm actually going into business with him. Sure. Same exact thing, right? right, right. So, like, I think that uh, respect is a huge thing. So, I would say being the respect 
being the person that your your team or whoever you're trying to lead is going to respect the most is, is step number one. Um, you know, I think that uh, Jocko nailed it with extreme ownership. Like, everything's my fault. It's your fault always, yeah. Always. I just always take responsibility for it. And uh, even when somebody else on my team fucks up, I take that as an I didn't teach them how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will never, I, I've to this day never been physically mad at anybody on my team, at least not to their face. And even if I am mad, I take some time and then I come back to it. And I'm like, here's what I could have done better to lead you to not do this. And because of that, my team is so open and transparent with me. They never hide anything. They're not afraid it's to have funny, conversations like, with dude, me. Dude, like when we got back from Arizona, like you meant, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like mm-hmm. this, the physically mad thing kind of stuck out to me. So probably about two weeks ago, um, sorry, two weeks after we got back from Arizona, which was months ago at this point, but long story short. So I come into the gym. Some of my, I, I basically took one of my coaches and I delegated like programming coordinator. I got tired. Like I, I was always the bottleneck and like, like basically uh, QAing all the programming that went out to the floor. So I was like, okay, this coach has been me the longest. He's the most knowledgeable at programming. I'm just going to have him answer to me and he can take, talk to all the coaches that are programming. So when I was in Arizona, there was like this tiff to where like people were disagreeing about something that went out to the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, we, 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 we have a, a, basically one of our core values is uh, uh, being humble, meaning like always take feedback. And it seemed like he wasn't really ready to take feedback, but the way they were giving feedback was off-putting. So I'm like, so I came in and they're bickering about it. I hadn't been there in, you know, five days. And the first thing I walked into was bickering. So like I went over and I snapped my manager. I snapped my coordinator. I like was shouting and cursing at them. Um, and then, so, so they, they took it. My manager pushes back because she's like my little sister at the same time. Like she was a client years ago. And now we have this relationship to where like, uh, I, I am in this place where I'm okay when she calls me on shit and I call her on shit as well. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, she basically was like pushing back a little bit and she was like, you missed a lot of the conversation. Cause I, I started, cause where I was standing, it seemed like I needed to defend the coordinator a little bit because mm-hmm. the feedback was sucking at the time. And she was like, no, you don't understand. He's not taking it. So then I was like, well, fuck now I look stupid. So I like literally sat down in the middle and was like, you guys are going to fix this right now. And I made them kind of talk it out and stuff like that. But um, eventually, like when things calmed down, I grabbed my manager and took her out. And I said, look, I, I'm going to accept, uh, accept ownership of like, I came into that conversation from a frame of being frustrated and I should not have. So like, I, I, I basically apologized to her for coming at her. Not because, you know, I, not because like I felt like I did something wrong other than I came to that conversation fucked up. And rather than thinking it's everybody else's fault that I got, I got mad at you guys. I'm going to accept ownership here and I'm going to basically come clean and apologize Mm -hmm. to you. And she was like, since then it seems like my leadership to her is so much more received. Yeah. She was like, that's a real life event of him losing his fucking shit. And he still came to me and like apologized to it. And I I got more credibility with her at this point and my whole team. Cause they like, they saw that I came off and I went to every one of them like that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have came at you like that. That builds that respect factor. You know what I mean? So hundred percent. And I think that just, there's times too, where like I've, you know, and it's easier when it's online cause I can sure pause you know, take a minute. I see these people every day. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit easier. Um, and I would say the only time that it's ever gotten even close to heated would be with me, me and Travis, but he works here sure. physically. But um, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, one, they respect you more for that. They're going to be more transparent and open with you on that. And that goes for everybody. Like it's that way in my household too. Like I know if, even with my daughter, right? Like there's moments I want to be stubborn because she's being a brat, but like, I know I have to be the one that like fixes this first. If me and Shannon are having a tiff, we're going to 
take a breather. I'm going to be the one to step up first. Even mm-hmm. if I am not in the wrong, I will figure out a way to apologize for my side of what is going on. Sure. Because that's just, that's, that's ownership. You think that opens the lanes too for her to like re- Absolutely. reciprocate? Most people don't like to apologize or take ownership because they don't want to be the first to do it. It's an ego thing, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to be in the wrong. Maybe but if even you, weakness too, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's a sign of strength, honestly, and, and humbleness and, and maturity. So like being able to do that. And there's also times where like I've uh, calmly put people in their place on my staff and that's okay. It's, it's just showing dominance and showing when like, I, I've literally said, said the words, well, I steer the ship enough said, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's not a right or wrong. It's, there's only one way to do this. This is the way it's going to go. That's funny. I've said, let's not forget whose gym this is, which to so most people listening are like, what a dick. But it was like, no, that totally needed to be said. At Sometimes that you got to say that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, think about when you're a kid and you're doing stupid shit and then your dad's like, don't forget who pays the mortgage. And you're like, that's right. That. I want somewhere to sleep tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's totally um, warm. I need to be there. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, w- I would say that's number two is, is the extreme ownership thing. Um, I think there's like, I don't know how to frame it, but like, to me, it's something along the lines of like, uh, you know, being, having a growth mindset, but like positivity as well. Like, uh, somebody asked on our podcast, recently, they said, what is one thing that has been consistent with you over time? And, uh, and I kind of like sat there for a second. I looked at Travis. I was like, what do you think? And he was like, driven. Like, you're just always driven. If we have a bad month, if, uh, like we lose clients, we lose a coach, like anything bad happens, you have stuff in your personal life. You don't bring it in the office. Like you're always, you always know where, speaking of the ship, he's like, you always know where the ship's going. And like, you're always going to make sure you're steering it. Like, and we can rely on that. And I think that is a huge sign of a leader is that my entire team and my family knows no matter what, I'm going to make sure that we are moving forward, mm-hmm. period. I'm always driven for the same goal. And I've even had that in my, uh, in my relationship to where me and Shannon are, are heated at each other for something. And I'll like literally look at her and be like, I'm pissed. But at the end of the day, I love you and I'm never going to compromise the integrity of this family. Mm-hmm. Just know that. And then I walk away because I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> but like, I just have to remind her like, yeah. I'm pissed, but like, you're still my everything, yeah. you know, like no matter what. And I think that's really important because it just allows people to remember like, no matter what happens, I have one main focus and that's mm-hmm. progression and progression involves you if you're, if I'm talking to you right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's drive or growth mindset or I mean, positivity is an aspect of that because you can't be negative, like, and grow. But um, those would probably be the three, the three biggest things. Those three things and then making sure to pick apart the bad leadership that you've seen over the years. Because I've had bosses, mentors, even things from my own dad that I've, I've picked apart and been able to really learn from because it wasn't the right way to do it. And with my dad, it was a matter of, you know, like, he was doing the best with what he knew, mm-hmm. you know? And I think there was a, like, there was a, there was an era where like, I mean, guys just worked. And so like more work meant more money meant more. That's, that's all the family needs, you know? And so like, I didn't see my dad for a long period of time much because of that. And he missed a lot of things and he owns up to that now, but I resented him for it until I became a man. And then I looked back and was like, I get it now because mm-hmm. I have to provide, but I also have to create balance in my home. And I understand that you were doing what your instincts told you was the best thing to do for your family. Protect, because, provide, preside. And he yep. was just doing a lot of providing, right? Yep. And I know what my instincts tell me. It's like hustle, 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 sure. hustle. And I have to go, wait, wait, no, that's not. Because like I have to remind Blake all the time. Like, man, like we're struggling right now. She's four and she she's like uh, this weekend, she was mad at me and she wouldn't talk to me. And I was like, kind of kids <laughs> like, what's going on? And she was like, <clears throat> you leave too much. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I want you to stay home and play. And I was like, well, I'm home all day. And she was like, you're going to leave tomorrow. Cause it was a Sunday. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
well, sweetie, I got to work. And she was like, well, I don't want you to work. And I was like, but you want me to play with all this stuff, right? And she was like, yeah. I was like, well, I can't get the stuff for you if I don't work. Like, right. that's how I provide. And for her, like, I can't say, like, well, we wouldn't be able to have food. She's like, okay, I just need toys. You know, like, she doesn't get it. Um, but, like, trying to instill that in a four-year-old is difficult. And it sure. breaks my heart when, like, I wake up in the morning and she's like, can you not go today? I'm like, I got to. Mm-hmm. You know, and when she's, like, ignoring me and not talking to me, I mean, she had to, like, physically sit her down. And Shannon had to be the one to like really, really explain it to her. So it wasn't just me saying it. Yeah. It's hard, but like, that's like, that's part of this process as being a father for me, at least, you know, and I know that not all people are blessed to have like a stay at home mom and stuff like that. Um, but that's a hard conversation to have, you know, that's something. So you, you, you mentioned something inside of there and I'm actually going to do it. Like I have planned to do a whole nother show on it. Cause I've been kind of diving into, um, like Charlie Munger used to teach this whole thing of like inversion thinking, mm. but he's like, you know, basically list out, you know, the things that, um, cause it's like you said, it's easy to find negatives. It's easy to find things that you don't like. So he was like, you know, list out what would the worst possible leader do and then list out all the characteristics of that person it's just like the who you want who who do you want to become conversation yeah harder to find who do you want to become what if you said who do you not want to become yeah and then like all of those qualities and then just flip them yeah well you know i'd be i'd suck at communication i would blame everything on everybody else i would not be consistent i would you know basically all the things that would be negative and then you just got to flip them a little bit easier to kind of think through that but again that's why the stack's so powerful right you stack somebody which for those listeners like a journaling process where you basically uh, release your anger towards somebody and you you're writing about like you're answering these questions and you're writing about how this person pissed you off and why they did what they did to you is wrong and yeah. then it like makes you replace their name with yours and then you're like oh shit i actually do this too and yeah yeah you know it, it allows you to take that resentment away and, sure. and realize that you're kind of being a hypocrite for being mad but um i think that's it's a huge way to learn yeah. in general you know I plan to do a whole show on it just because it was like, it's been very insightful when I've kind of worked through some of those things. Yeah. Um, okay, man. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. So you actually, as we were talking, um, you, you said show up a couple of times and like literally that's the name of the show. So I mm-hmm. thought like, what would be a cool parting question than like, you know, like if I were to say like, Co, you just need to show up, man. Like if I said that to you in your life and in all the categories for us with core four, like what, what would you place a definition around for like, just showing up like what is that in your mind if i said just show up man um you know i think of different things for each category so much you know so it's like i I would say this i would say like hit a pr in every area Mm -hmm. right and i think that like because even for training it's like okay i'm training today i'm not gonna hit a pr today i just know because i'm dieting but like how can I give that 1% effort better? How can I squeeze out another rep? Like a PR for me today would be not leaving four in the tank because I really just don't feel like training because I'm tired. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Like how do I, how do, I do, do what I normally do when I'm not dieting? Like that's a PR. Um, what's a PR for my wife today? Like I got to think of that. You know, what's a PR for my daughter today? Like how do I leave them with that feeling that I did something a little bit extra? I did something a little bit more. I gave a little bit more effort. In my business, how did I grow today? You know, in my relationships, how did I grow? Like mm-hmm. I think that... Um, it's kind of like a 1% better mentality in a way. I just think like sometimes 1% better is kind of like a cheesy thing to say because everybody says that, you know? Mm. But, but in does, gen- doesn't everybody say it because it probably has some like weight to it, if you will? 100%, you know? yeah. 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 Um, but I think that would be it, man. Like, because I wake up and I do that every day. Like, that's my thing is sure. like, I look at my core four app and I'm thinking like, okay, appreciation. I can't just leave a sticky note because Shannon's acts of service. So like do something different today. What is the thing I'm going to do? You know, like, is it a chore? Is it like, is it leaving her a note? Because I haven't done that in a while. Is it, um, like, this is something funny that a lot of people listening would kind of be surprised by, but like an email to Shannon, like does actually better. 
because like I sit down and take some time to type out like a really thoughtful message and it's longer. And I'm like, read this when you have some time, you know? And it's like, damn, like that's basic. That's like the version of sending in the mail love letter nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, but I think that's it, man. It's just like, how can you PR in every area? Because that's, that's what showing up is. Like if I, I would look at it like this too, like Shannon, how could I show up for you today? Mm-hmm. You know, nine times out of 10, she would just say, be there for me, mm-hmm. which means I'm available. Like, what do you need? You know, like if you need something, you just ask me and I'm going to, I'm going to like reliability is probably the biggest thing I think in relationships that a lot of people fail to realize. It's what I failed to realize is like, I'm doing all these things, but really like it was just the little things that she, she needed in the moment that mm-hmm. I couldn't do cause I was too busy that really crushed her. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's not even a big deal. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but the fact that I couldn't lean on you for that, it's like, damn, that's a good point. You yeah. know? So, um, Showing up to me is, is uh, it's just like that 1% better. It's PR. Like just what can you improve today? And I think too many people go through each day without improving because I even think about it on the weekends and I might lean heavier on the family side to improve, but no matter what, every single day, what's something I can do better today? Mm-hmm. That's it. Love it, dude. Love it. Uh, Cody, man, where, where is a place that people can go and learn about you? Yeah. Uh, tailoredcoachingmethod.com has fucking everything. If you want to like follow my personal content, um, best place is uh, Instagram probably at Cody McBroom, Cody McBroom on YouTube, um, Tailored Life Podcast, which Cody has been on at twice. No, just once. Just, just once. once. You sure? Okay. Um, I was so nervous when I came on that, by the way. That was a good podcast, dude. It was, was like... Good. It was straight training. Shit, that was a good podcast. I shit my pants all over the place. The that was, that was yeah. a good podcast. <laughs> One of those chairs stink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where you can find me, uh, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me on. This is a good podcast. Cool. I appreciate it.